Hello there and welcome to The Writing Apothecary, a podcast with tips, tricks, hacks and information about all things writing. I'm your host, Mandy Contos, and together with some awesome guests, we'll uncover the weird, wonderful and sometimes unpredictable world of writing. So grab your notebook, grab a pen or a tablet, or maybe even just listen and let's get started. Hello, dreamy writers. How are you going? Welcome back to The Writing Apothecary and to another lesson. Today we're going to do things a little bit differently and explore the history of the muse. I'm a huge, huge mythology fan and something that has spanned from those days where I was forced to endure Greek school after regular school for my whole entire primary school life. And the only thing I really loved was listening to the culture lessons, which were compromised of Greek myths and heroes. And that's probably why I loved it. And probably a big, I guess, factor into why I love, love anything to do with mythology and all of that great goodness of just beautiful, I guess, fairy tales. For me, the muses have always been a part of something that comes across in different forms. And what I love about this is that while we may use it as a form of inspiration, there is so much rich history behind them. But do we really know who they are? Bear with me for a little bit. I'm just going to kind of backtrack a bit with this. The muses, or the muse, are inspirational goddesses of literature, science, and art, and... There's actually nine of them. But if you were doing your research, this number varies. Sometimes it's three, sometimes it's four, but it's nine. And they are known as the offsprings of Zeus, Nimnosi. They were considered a source of knowledge in their respected fields. And I love that there are nine. And they've got their names and what they represented, as well as what they're associated. And I'm sorry if some of the names, um, I tend to do it in the Greek pronunciation, it's just a bit easier for me because once I see something and it's Greek, I can't unsee it. I can't anglicize it. Sorry in advance. <laughs> so Calliope was the muse who represented epic poetry. Her instrument was the writing tablet. Leo was the muse who had to do with history and was always associated with holding the scroll. Eutrepi was the muse of lyrical poetry and music and is shown within Alos, which is a flute, Thalia or Talia, represented both comedy and pastoral poetry and she was associated with the comic mask. Melpomene was the muse of tragedy and her item was the tragic mask. Terpsichore was the muse of dance and she was associated with the lyre. Erato was associated with love poetry. She had a type of lyra that was called the guitarra, which is like a little guitar. Polyhymnia represented sacred poetry and she was always depicted with a veil and urania was the muse of astronomy she had a globe and compass and while they were discovered like this i think that i like the fact that they were sometimes portrayed as the three and it kind of works a little bit better with the idea of muses that we see in this common day and they were melete who represented practice mnemne who represented memory and aida who was the muse of song So as you can kind of see, they're really kind of these ethereal women and they're always, always depicted as women. I'm not quite sure if it's because that was just easier for, I guess, the men writers 
and poets to kind of digest that there was this feminine energy that was guiding them to do things. But it's really interesting. And every time I think of the muses, besides the whole cultural Greek background side, there's also this one really amazing short story that I've read by one of my favorite authors, Rachel Vincent, who is also a total wishlist guest. I'm trying to figure out and pluck up the courage to ask her to be on the podcast. And, you know, the most you can say is no, no big deal there. And she used Muses as the main character and it was fucking fantastic. Every time I think of it, I cannot think, no, I cannot not think about the concept. And the concept was one with a character who was the actual muse, was so obsessed with a human and basically sucked them dry of their talent. And the way that she's written it, it's like, you know, the character's exploring it, but doesn't know that they're doing anything wrong. For them, it's just normal. And I think that's where the beauty of it comes to, because it is such a normal thing to work with the muse, but never wait for the muse. And I'm going to try and find the anthology and pop it in the show notes because it's one that will get you thinking and exploring what you can do with muse-like characters. Hey guys, did you know that as well as a writer and a podcaster, I'm also a writing mindset coach. I work with clients to help empower them to bust through their excuses and write, to allow them to own their own power because writing is such a transformational type of self-care. I have two ways you can work with me. The first is through my program by the same name, The Writing Apothecary. Here I have four offers, one, three, six, and 12 month coaching options. This is where we get down and dirty with your writing and we explore what you need. Each of the tiers are tailor-made to you and exactly what you are after. No coaching session is the same. Each of their tiers are limited in their numbers as I give my all to my clients and I want to make sure that it's consistent and you get all of my dedication and attention. In these sessions, you also have access to editing and soundboarding and lots of additional support that isn't just our sessions that we meet up every fortnight. The other way to work with me is through a manuscript appraisal where I blend feedback with editing to give you a full rounded package to look at your novel objectively. It's based off the amount of words your manuscript has and can be a precursor to actually working with me. For all Writing Apothecary listeners, I'm giving an introductory 10% off your first booking with me. Head over to my website, dreamingfullyawake.com forward slash work with me and book in a session with me or hit me up on my socials at Mandy Cont, which is M-A-N-D-I-K-O-N-T and I can go ahead and slot you in. It's also important to know that I do have payment plans if it's needed and it's a case by case situation. This is something that I'm really passionate about and I hope to hear from you soon. And until then, keep on writing guys. And it's really interesting to find that the muses were invoked in ancient times by authors and imitators alike. And we use them as an excuse these days. And like I mentioned in the previous episode, I don't believe in it. Like I have heard the saying where it's like, I can only write when my muse calls or my muse is a night owl and I have a day job and I get a little sleep as a result. And you know, that's the only time I can write. That's a lie. It's a procrastination tool because I used to think like that. And I trained my body, I trained my mind and my creativity to write whenever I sat down at a computer. And yeah, it may not be for long spurts like I used to, 
but I still get my butt down here and do it. And the fact that people use this as an excuse and have used them since the times of the ancients is baffling. You know, we've asked these invisible forces to help inspire us and them and create these creations and bring them to life. But we're the ones that do all of the work. Why should they get the credit for something that we do? We do all the hard lifting. And that's why I find it such a frustrating and ridiculous excuse because the using the muse and I feel this is my, my this is my personal th- like take on it I feel like the muse is an elusive and manipulative term and they're always in the spotlight as inspiration and so many people have different titles for them um, they call them that people that you know they call them people who inspire them and lead them and they help them create but at the core of it it's actually us we are our own muses we're the ones that take the time to show up at our keyboards to go through another read through of that damn novel even if it's like the 50th 60th time and we still find something that we're not happy with we are the ones that do all of the hard work and everybody else will never understand it, which is why I think that we shouldn't belittle our experiences just to say that it is our muse who is working through us. Fuck no. We are the ones that are moving through that creativity on our own. Yeah, it's quite a solitary journey, but it doesn't have to be. You can find creatives and, you know, whether that's musicians and painters, artists, writers, poets, you can find them all around you if you just look and you'll be able to find that support team that will help you. So this turned into a little bit of a rant, but it's actually pretty hard to find a lot of information about the muses and their history because it's not as widely researched as I thought it was going to be, which is really interesting. But hopefully you've got some little nuggets from this and it gives you the ability to take control of your own creativity, of your words, your lyrics, poetry, of anything that you do and stop using the excuse that I'm waiting for a muse because you're not. You're just lazy and you don't want to admit it to yourself or to anybody else. So get your butt into your space and start creating because you're the only one who can make what you actually need and want from life. Come back in two weeks for our next episode on creativity, which is going to be a long one. Until then, keep on writing. Thanks for listening to the Writing Apothecary podcast. To find show notes and more information, head over to my website, which is just dreamingfullyawake.com slash podcast, where you'll find show notes, resources, worksheets, and more info about the podcast. You can also follow us on Instagram by just searching at the Writing Apothecary. I'd also love it if you guys took the time to leave a review or even rate it um, just on your platform. It'll help other creatives and writers find our community and help them get their writing practice and their creativity back on track.